Proto fam, before we start, we want to thank our sponsors at FanDuel. You want to know the only thing better than winning? It's winning cold, hard cash. And the best way to play fantasy football and win is with FanDuel. From double-ups to giant tournaments and private contests, there are a million ways to win every single week. And if you sign up at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy or... Click on the link on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. FanDuel will match 20% of your first deposit with your first bet up to $500. FanDuel is just handing out money for you to play with. Plus, Brodo has you covered with optimizer lineups and weekly DFS articles on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. We'll help you come out on top. Sign up today, play some lineups, and win some cash. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. We're coming at you a little later than usual right now, and because of that, I'm a little more depressed than I usually am. The reason why that's the case is because I was holding out hope that I can make it into my... Home league playoffs. Sign, sealed, delivered, Tim's gone. I was up 14, <laughs> and I was playing against uh, OBJ and Van Jefferson. And we're currently, uh, what's it, the third quarter of the game? Yep. Uh, I'm already eliminated. Uh-huh. Yep. Breaking my league record seven straight playoff appearances. Breaking it. So I'm very frustrated about that. But overall, a good week for me. Um, I ended up going ten and one across my leagues, which fuck the one the one I needed. I lost. That wasn't nice, but I ended up securing a few bye weeks. I ended up be uh, I was in a I was in a fight for the playoffs in one this one league. It was actually with a with our writer Boyd, and I in that league I didn't know how to play sleeper yet, and I was doing a start off draft, and I may have been a little bit under the influence. <laughs> And someone offered me what I thought. I thought someone offered me a first-round pick in exchange for... No, I'm sorry. Yes, no, no. I I thought someone was offering me their second-round pick, their third-round pick, and their fourth-round pick. Sorry, third, fourth, and fifth-round pick. I had already traded away my second-round pick for a first next year. And I'm like, are you kidding? I'm going to take that. In a startup draft, this is a not no no brainer. I accepted. What I didn't realize is it was actually me getting the first round pick, and I traded away my third, fourth, and fifth round picks. And I made the playoffs in that league anyway, in a startup league. So I'm very proud of myself in that league, and I'm very proud to have won. Uh, shout out to DJ Ruckus, uh, a uh, a Jets and Seahawks fan, and also a longtime supporter of Brodo, part of the original. Brodo Fantasy League, what we call the Tingle, um, and I beat him to get into the playoffs, so shout out to you. Uh, shout out to you, Mr. Ruckus. Mr. Ruckus has been a Brodo supporter since day one. He's a true day one OG. Shout out to him. All right. Uh, with that being said, there is a whole bunch of news to get to. Michael, how how are your, how are your teams doing, man? What's, what's going on with you in, in fantasy? Look, there is uh, one team... Um, that I've talked about here because, you know, you got to be uh, – it's fun to make fun of yourself sometimes. That's going to go 1-13. Boy, did I celebrate that one victory. I put it in the league chat. You know, this was for the fans and everything. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, and I hate people who don't, like, take care of your teams the whole season, guys. Yeah. Like, if you join the league, take care of it. I'm 1-13. I, I stopped adding impact players off the wire. I didn't. But I was setting my lineup. Um, at the very least. And because of injuries and such, my lineup ended up being OD nice these last two weeks. And I had like one of the highest projections in the league, which was pretty funny. But um, anywho, besides that, I absolutely dominated for the most part. I made the playoffs in every single league that I'm in except for that one. Really? Everyone? Uh, not the Bri- the Brodo Riders Bowl I also did not make. That's the crazy start 10 flex. I that just, one did not work out I for just, me. I just clinched a bye in that, in that league. But... Every other league I made the playoffs, I have three first overall buys out of like 10 teams. I'm looking very solid heading into the playoffs. Not nice, Michael. Nice, nice, nice. Good good news. And and our our big industry team, industry teams 
if you're following along with that, me and Michael Four are both. first overall buys. Sorry. So <laughs> me and Michael are both in the Scott Fishbowl playoffs. Yep. My team is putting up has put up 187, and OBJ is still has a quarter of football to go. Oh, um, that too. I with, mean, with Jonathan Taylor on by, I might add. Yeah, Tim's Scott Fishbowl team is looking grand, old great. I'm, I'm telling you, I've been talking about this. I'm speaking it into existence. I'm I'm trying to win the Scott Fishbowl this year. Like I think that my That'd team's in the perfect position to win the Scott Fishbowl this year. My drafts with Giants team is moving on to the next round again as well. Um, I had the it's like a you play every team every week type of thing. I had the second best overall record in the entire contest. It was like one fifteen and seventeen. Like it was absolutely absurd. I basically dominated week in and dominated week in and week out and uh that's carried over into the first two rounds of the playoffs. So I'm excited for that going forward as well. And we hope that you're sharing in your in our success as well if you're listening at home. Shout out to our loyal listeners, shout out to our patrons, and shout out to everyone who has the Brodo app. If you don't already have the Brodo app, you should go download that now. It is absolutely free. On the app, you get fantasy player cards, usage charts, a start sit tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every single stat you need, including advanced stats and exclusive stats, like true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and defensive points over average these are tools that are proven to work and if you don't believe us just look at our teams we this is these are the tools that we use it's not like we're selling you something and then we're going to like you know xyz spot and taking their XYZ stats is overrated yeah that's true and taking their stats and using like oh on, no i do all my research on the brodo fantasy app honestly to tell you the truth the only thing i don't do on the brodo fantasy app is football outsiders dvoa because that's their exclusive thing. Maybe one day in the future we could do a partnership with, with uh, Football Outsiders and get DVOA on the app. But until then, that's the only thing that I pay for and that I use for fantasy research. And the reason why you can get all this fantasy research for free is because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash fantasy. Join now to continue having dual episodes throughout the offseason. Uh, you get to join our Discord where it's fantasy football all the time, even through the offseason. Uh, you get to play in leagues with us, including dynasty leagues, uh, continued content, continued betting. Uh, Cass has been absolutely murdering Vegas, and he gives his picks away every single week on the um, Brodo on the, I'm uh, oh, sorry, the Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantasy. So go check that out. Uh, for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to all this and more. Michael, you ready to get into the news? Oh, yeah. Let's get it. Donnie H., what you say? Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Michael, the number one news, the number one headline that we have to talk about, the big news Lamar Jackson leaves the game, gave one point to a lot of people out there who shattered shattered some playoff hopes. Um, straight in there, again, again, I'm getting all of this from NBCSportsEdge.com, their blurb. Ravens coach John Harbaugh said Lamar Jackson suffered an ankle sprain in the Ravens' Week 14 loss to the Browns. Harbaugh clarified that Jackson is not dealing with a high ankle sprain, which would have been much worse and that his health will be evaluated in practice this week. That gives Jackson a chance to suit up in Week 15 against the Packers. If he can't go, it's going to be Tyler Huntley, who threw for 270 yards and a score and 45 yards on the ground. Um, Not a bad start for Tyler Huntley. If Tyler Huntley does play, there is a world where if you're streaming Tyler Huntley, you could do way worse. Um, But with that being said, this is a giant blow for fantasy. Lamar Jackson hasn't been... The Lamar Jackson of old, but he's still been a top-tier quarterback. Oh, man, this sucks. Yeah, this sucks is a good way to put it, especially because, look, I I tweeted about it. I mentioned it on previous podcasts. People were going crazy about the Chiefs' offense, right? Like, what happened to their offense? But nobody said a damn word about the Ravens' offense. And the Ravens' offense went four straight games without topping 20 points, which is like something they've literally never done in the Lamar Jackson era. And they ended up putting up 22 last week against Cleveland, but a lot of that had to do with shenanigans happening at the end of the game. Their offense was quite trash for the first, like, three quarters, and Tyler Huntley ended up having to return, uh, ha- having to come in. And Tyler Huntley did look pretty good. He was he looked like a mini uh, a Lamar Jackson light 
if you may. Um, but yeah, that's certainly a bad, bad thing for <laughs> the fantasy folk out there because if you have um, Lamar Jackson, you can't just stream Tyler Huntley and expect to get anywhere near the same product out there for your team or on the field. So it's very unfortunate that you are just going to be rendered to needing to stream every single week from here on out. And this certainly hurts Hollywood Brown. This hurts. I know Mark Andrews had a tremendous game, mostly with Tyler Huntley throwing, but no one's going to convince me this helps Mark Andrews. Like this isn't, you don't ever get improved with a bat with the worst quarterback at the helm. Rashad Bateman came to life, but this was down 20 points in the third, fourth quarter needing to throw a bunch. Yeah. So, like, I'm not chasing all that just because Tyler Huntley looked pretty good at that moment. So, I mean, yeah, it's, that's what I have to say about it. It, it really sucks, and uh, it's it's a knock on the entire Ravens passing attack and overall team at this point. Especially guys like Hollywood Brown, who now almost become useless. He was already a guy who took a giant step back. Hollywood Brown had, like, the inverse of his last season. Last season, he started off really slow and, and ended hot. This year he started off hot and ended super duper slow, so uh, yeah, it's like it's it's hard to see a silver lining here. We just gotta hope that Lamar Jackson is all right. Um, so now let's go in order because we did the big news first, dude. Thirty-seven people tested positive for COVID on Monday. Yeah, a little a uh, little odd. I don't know what this. I yeah, I don't really know what to say about it. Like it's it seems odd that that random jump happened on. Monday, I don't think it's but... random. I guess the new variant or whatever, but it's also flu season. So like this, it always goes up around this time. Yeah, the, around the country, uh, you know, it's up to like Plus, 20, all you really need is four percent, one or two people to get it and then pass it around to everyone else. So yeah, hopefully this helps. I I actually went to a restaurant the other day and someone who was at the restaurant with me said they they were at a party and someone got COVID. I just got the text today. Don't worry, Michael. I know I'm, I'm here with you. I took an at-home test before I came down here just to make sure. I'm, I'm good. Um, but <laughs> it sucks. Like it's, That's all it takes. Yeah. That's all it takes that one person. Um, especially in a locker room where everyone's walking around. and kind of Before when you were vaccinated, it was like, nah, nah you're not going to get it. Now you're only like five times less likely to get it, which is still good, and you're definitely way less likely to have a severe illness from it, which is great. But that's not nearly what it was. Like when these vaxes first came out, it was 95%. You're not going to get it. And you can be part of society again. So it's, uh, it's a little sobering that this is happening in the NFL because it's a, it's a microcosm. You know what I mean? Like 37 people out of the – what's 50 times 30, Michael? 1,500. Around roughly 1,500 players. That's a little over like 1%. Right? Am I bugging? A little over two percent. A little over two percent. That that's that's a big number. About two and a half percent. Right. So that's that's a big number. So let's let's see this. I think COVID is going to play an extremely large impact in the playoffs this year, and I I really I really in my heart think that. Time will tell, brother. Um, we got someone coming back. Jets coach Robert Sala said he expects running back Michael Carter to return week 15 against the Dolphins. Carter has been sidelined since week 11 because of a high ankle sprain, but once he's back at practice, um, it will open up a 21-day window for him to be activated. Um, He was great before. Uh, The Jets are desperate for playmakers right now, especially with Elijah Moore hitting the IR, Corey Davis out for the season. You saw Zach Wilson struggle without those guys getting open. Um, one thing that a lot of people who hate on Zach Wilson will will n- n- will like never point out was that already with his best wide receivers there, the Jets are towards the top of the league in drop passes, and it was bad last week. So uh, desperate for playmakers, I could definitely see Michael Carter coming out of the backfield and catching 10 balls against the Miami Dolphins defense that's vulnerable. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's it's likely, but he could. Ten balls is a lot, and Zach Wilson hasn't thrown to the running backs nearly as much as Flacco and White were. But um, either way, the Jets could use all the all the added playmakers they can get. So definitely a a boost for getting Michael Carter back. And let's see how we. I don't know how trustworthy or how much I'd want to trust him in a playoff situation. His first game back, um, but certainly interested to see if he's. If he comes back right away or if it's something that ends up taking a little bit longer. 
Speaking about playmakers who are on bad teams, TJ Hawkinson, uh, Dan Campbell said he is hopeful that TJ Hawkinson uh, will play in week 15. He hurt his hand. Uh, at first, you were like, oh, you know, it's not that bad in practice. And as the week went on, you started learning more and more. And then finally, TJ Hawkinson was um, was inactive. Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Michael? You know, Tim, the regular season is over. And TJ Hawkinson had his best two games for you, weeks one and two. I can't believe that. <laughs> I can't believe that actually came to fruition, man. I kind of want to ask you anyways, just because it's like Do it. a motto. Because at this you point, know, you know what? I respect you for it. Are you a little scared that TJ Hawkinson wasted his best two games, first two games of the season? I'm terrified. <laughs> As James Conner rushes in his second touchdown of the day. I'm not even going to be in the playoffs now. This is my first year not in the playoffs in seven seasons. Yeah, I don't even know what to do. Me, Jason, and Tim are staples in the playoffs. Every year. It's typically us three and then three other teams battle it out. It's going to be a little weird without Tim in it this year. So sad. <laughs> um... All right. I don't know why this continues to make headlines. <sighs> Brian Flores says Will Fuller is not expected to return to practice this week. <laughs> Who? <laughs> what? What um, a lost season for Mr. William Fuller. Jeez Louise. Speaking of lost seasons, Panthers head coach Matt Rule said Sam Darnold could be a factor down the stretch when he returns from a soldier injury. A sh- shoulder injury. I'll tell you what. Nothing makes you, makes you miss the highly mediocre play of Sam Darnold, like having to watch PJ Walker and Cam Newton take turns. In oh, a I game. do not miss it. An X factor fiction. I choose fiction. <laughs> um, what the fuck are you talking about? F- X factor uh, fact okay. or fiction? That was a terrible joke. <laughs> Way over my head. Um, I'm Jonathan Frakes. Speaking of a, a casualty, um. A casualty of this quarterback situation, DJ Moore. Uh, Panthers head coach Matt Rule says DJ Moore is day-to-day with a hamstring injury. Now, the the hamstring injury is something you never want to hear. Those are soft tissue injuries. Those tend to linger, and those tend to get worse if you run on them. So, I mean, DJ Moore already is in the running for biggest bust if he didn't have those really good weeks in the beginning of the year. And it's not his fault. He's still a great player. It's just that his team is... Just a shit show when it comes to the quarterback position. Um, I mean, this is kind of a relief for me if I'm a DJ Moore uh, manager because it's like now I don't have to decide whether to play him or not. Now I could just sit him and I don't have to be worried. I suppose DJ Moore has ended up from what looked like one of the best picks in the league the first few weeks, probably a bust. I think you could definitely say a bust at ADP again this year. He needs a quarterback, man. Because I'm not, like, the dude's talented, but geez, Louise. Honestly, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm looking at that situation in Carolina, and I'm like, they got a defense in place. They got a hot shot head coach. They have good receivers. Their offensive line sucks. They're going to have to upgrade the offensive line. But that's a situation where, hey, I could win there. Just saying. Uh, Austin Eckler. Head Chargers, head, Chargers head coach Brandon Staley says Austin Eckler's ankle is, quote, fine. Um, he left the game. Josh Jackson and Joshua Kelly got 19 carries combined after Eckler, uh, after Eckler left the game. On a short week, they play on Thursday against the Chiefs. It's a big game. Did not practice. Are you expecting Austin Eckler to play in round one of the playoffs? If they said he's fine, he played the vast majority of the game against the Giants until he really didn't need to play anymore. They were up multiple scores anyways. He was jogging on the sideline with his foot wrapped up like I'm just I'm I'm expecting him to play. They the Chargers are in a position where they they can't mess around. If Eckler's healthy enough to be on the field, he's going to be on the field. Two big-time quarterbacks, two big-toe problems. Aaron Rodgers speaking on Sunday in an evening press conference. Aaron Rodgers said he suffered a setback with his fractured toe in week 14 against the Bears. Rodgers said his toe feels worse, but the surgery remains a last result, result, resort Excuse me, for sure. Rodgers' toe will be reexamined ahead of Green Bay's week 15 game against Baltimore. I mean, the dude's been balling, toe or not, and he's been running. Uh, it seems as though this is something where if you could just tolerate the pain, you'll be fine. How are we feeling about Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers has apparently has a toe that needs surgery. And has been 
like one of the best versions of himself ever over these last three yeah. weeks. It's literally absurd. So as long as he's managing to get himself onto the field, you're going to play him weekly. Everyone hates Aaron Rodgers now, so it's like, they're like, oh, stop complaining about your team. But this is an injury that could really affect someone. Yeah, I mean, as a quarterback, you also, like, you step into throws. You have to, you move in the pocket. Like, I don't know exactly what the toe injury is, how much pain he has, how he manages the pain. Maybe he gets, like, a cortisone shot or something prior to the game, but he's balling out, and it really doesn't seem to be affecting his overall performance at all. I got to say this. I had plantar fasciitis, and eventually I, I, my brother-in-law is a, he calls himself a movement specialist. Uh, it's it's not really a a regular position, but it's basically a personal trainer. But he does it like like he'll work on your knee by like rubbing your spine. Like it's it's kind of like that situation. And um, so he eventually got fixed me. But when I went to a podiatrist, they were like, "Well, shot, shot, shot," and I felt fine for three for three, for three months. And then as soon as the shot wore off, it was worse than ever. So. It's definitely something that you could probably go shot, 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 shot. Uh, speaking Everybody. Of, speaking of toes, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Josh Allen is dealing with a mild case of turf, turf toe after literally being the entire Bills offense yesterday. Josh Allen had himself. Don't talk about his, the game so far because I, I have him in one of my categories. Josh Allen. Cool. <laughs> He's, He's a, a cool guy. That man is a talented individual. That's uh, all I'll say. Yes, it is. Uh, Kareem Hunt get hurt again. Ankle will un- to be out. Undergo an MRI on Monday. Clearly, they rushed him back. It's the same ankle. I don't know. Like if you you held him out for so long and then you decide to rush him back, uh, like because I don't think it, he re-aggravated it per se. Like I'm pretty sure it's just it's the same injury and it's just like not healed enough yet. Uh, Keenan Allen, coach Brandon Staley expects wide receiver Keenan Allen to play in Thursday's game against the Chiefs. Look, there's obviously room for the slot receiver from the Chargers in a Justin Herbert-led offense. So sign me up if if Keenan Allen is out there as someone who is as someone who is go as as Cooper Cup just makes a phenomenal play and Matt Stafford loves throwing Stafford and Cup are a uh, very very fun team to watch. Yeah. Speaking of fun, Keenan Allen char- fire him up. We don't usually talk about head coaches here, but we're going to talk about him cuz Urban Meyer is uh setting the world on fire. Uh Jaguars coach Urban Meyer denied reports that there's tension between him and the team. Meyer downplayed calling out assistance and getting into a shouting match with veteran wide receiver Marvin Jones after reports on his status with the team surfaced this weekend. The Jaguars responded with a shutout loss to the Titans on Sunday, their fifth straight under their first-year coach. Meyer has already spoken with owner Shad Khan and plans to address reports with the team Monday. For now, the Jaguars will stay the course with Meyer, but given the on-field product and the off-field chatter, oh, that's just a, the, this blurb. Um, dude. dude, this guy is, is a fucking piece of work, man. The fact that he still has a job is very confusing to me if everything they're reporting is true. Apparently, he got pissed. Now he's, like, pissed at his team because someone on the inside is leaking this information. He said they're going to be fired on the spot, which is just so tone deaf of him. And then, bro, he gave James Robinson four carries this past week. No receptions. We're going we're gonna to get to James Robinson a little later. God damn it, Tim. James Robinson. All right. Let's move on. Huh? SNY, Rouse Vacchiano reports that Daniel Jones will visit a neck specialist on Monday. There is a dude on Twitter who's like, yo, I know uh, I know the Giants owner's like best friend. And he yeah, said something like, you don't have to trust me because I'm like a nobody typically. But, <laughs> but he was like, yo, Daniel Jones is mad hurt and they're shutting him down for the year and they're not telling anybody. Yeah. So far, he's been right. Just putting that out there. Just putting that way out there. How you feeling about it? Feeling good? Feeling like you want to grab that? All on the grab floor. That and jerk it. Damn, damn, damn. Let's get up to. <laughs> let's get into our first category. The category of the, my favorite category because I get to talk about the times I was right, and it's the we saw that coming. I saw that coming from a mile away. Michael, who's your first saw that coming? <clears throat> my first we saw that coming is the. One and only, locked and loaded, PPR wide receiver three, maybe two, maybe one, Woo! yet again, Hunter Renfro, who just continues to absolutely ball out. This guy just is an absolute 
animal, dude. And there's no stopping him, it seems. Now that Darren Waller has been missing time, he's been even better. 13 receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs on 14 targets. Elite level efficiency and just productivity. In a game where they scored nine points and nobody did anything, guess what? He still got his. He's basically the Cooper Cup at this point of the Raiders offense and has been an absolute animal for weeks in a row now. It's just, it's been glorious. Bro, he's like a chicken. Yeah, like you ever get a chicken in a coop and you try and catch it? It'll run around and you just can't catch it no matter how hard you try. It's like a little chicken. You shouldn't be running away from me. And you are, little chicken. And that's what, Damn, that's what he is. He's like a little chicken. And he's doing a great job with it. Uh, two guys that are not little chickens, especially one of them who's definitely not a spring chicken, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Now, I had unfortunate life issues that made me miss the first preview episode, but I had a guarantee ready to go. And I backed up that guarantee in my rankings, ranking both of these guys as high-end, as as wide receiver, I mean, as running back one and like running back like eight, for Javante and running back like 14 for Melvin Gordon, and they delivered. Melvin Gordon, 24 for 111 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Javante Williams, 15 for 73 and a touchdown on the ground. One catch for 10 yards and a touchdown through the air. Two touchdowns each. I was getting ready to guarantee that each of these running backs had touchdowns on the air. I'm really, really, really pissed that I didn't get a chance to say that out loud because both of these guys were fantastic, and it's because Detroit is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, if you are a Javante Williams manager, you're really happy with the output, but you also know in the back of your head, like, uh-oh, Melvin Gordon is still getting most of the carries. And Melvin Gordon did get hurt a little bit in this game, so keep an eye on that. But, I mean, both of these guys look great. Melvin Gordon, again, great. Like, Melvin Gordon's going to get another contract next year. Uh, I mean, he's running well. It might be from the he's Broncos. He's been running very well the entire season. I don't know if it's going to be from the Broncos. I think Melko's going to want a decent amount of Cha-ching. If they make the playoffs, I also doubt anyone gives him like a three, four year contract. Like he'll probably get one or two years for a decent amount of money because he clearly still has juice. What if What if he went to the Jets and split a backfield with Michael Carter? I don't want the Jets spending their money on uh, running back. What if he went to the Falcons? They got Cordero, the goat. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. He's he's running as a as like a straight up running back these days. Yeah. Uh, Michael, uh, who's your second surprise? I mean, uh, saw that coming. My second's Tyler. I just gave away probably. <laughs> My second saw that coming is uh, someone I'm doing this just to rub into Jason's face even though he's not here. It's Tyler Lockett because Jason was like, man, this screams a Tyler Lockett nothing game. It's against Houston. DK Metcalf hasn't done much. And I was like, dude, like Tyler Lockett has been solid for several weeks in a row now. Why are you just downplaying the fact that he's been the better receiver? And he was a better receiver again. Tyler Lockett at this point looks like he might just be like the number one in that offense Nine targets, five receptions, 142 yards, a reception touchdown, and a two-point conversion. That's 24.7 half PPR points. He's going to end Hot as a top damn. five wide receiver this week. He's been very good despite the uh, despite the down offense that we've seen from Seattle. And uh, they seem to have been picking it up a little bit over these last two weeks. 30 against San Francisco, 33 against Houston. Got their running game going with Rashad Penny. So we'll see if anything... Uh, comes out of this moving forward but Tyler Lockett looks like he's uh he's been he's gonna be great going forward too like there's no reason to think otherwise he's been that offense over the last four weeks and if you look at his bad games Tyler Lockett it's been with hobbled hobbled Russell Wilson and Geno Smith so there's no reason to think that Tyler Lockett can't continue this throughout the playoffs yeah my guy is Michael was just shitting on Jason I'm gonna shout out Jason even though you know Jason didn't ask for the shout out even though he likes to tell you things about me last week, um, I'm giving Jason some credit. Jason said that, you know, it's Bills, Bucks. Everyone thinks that it's going to be a big defensive game because these two teams have great defenses. And Jason was like, no, nah, these these are two good teams that are playing for um, playoff position, that are playing to kind of put their stamp on things. I think you may be thinking about me. Nah, this is just uh, Jason said this. Yeah, maybe we both did, but I said I'm th- I don't care about what their defenses have been like this entire season. It's the Bills and Bucks. No, maybe it was you then. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's the Bills and Bucks, and Josh Allen delivered. Josh Allen this is his fifth quarterback one overall performance. Three oh eight, two touchdowns, and one on the uh, in the air. 
12 carries for 109 yards and one touchdown. Do you know what they did? The Bills got patrioted last week when the Patriots ran the ball all but three times against them in the sl- in the sludge. Um, and the Bills took that and flipped it and reversed it, made Missy Elliott very proud. And they just did not run the ball. for uh, they Their running backs had seven carries total. Uh, Devin Singletary, four for 52, and Matt Breida, three for 12. So they were completely a pass-centric offense, and they almost won this game. They almost came back and won until the GOAT did GOAT things in overtime. So uh, to Prashad Perriman, which is cool. You know, Prashad Perriman apparently sucks unless he's wearing a Buccaneers jersey. Yeah, yeah, so that's our saw that coming. Michael, you ready to get into the not-so-fun stuff? The surprise, surprise? Absolutely. Come on, we could do it. Surprise, motherfucker. I just realized I messed up surprise, surprise. Totally. And I put another saw that coming as one of my surprise, surprise. Eh, what are you going to do? All right, I'm just going to say it then. Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. Yo, again, we say this sometimes. Tim always sends me his list, and then I don't send him his, you know, just for a little surprise factor. And he sends it to me so that I don't copy his list. And I said to Jason... Yo, Tim put Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara in surprise, surprise. I'm going to make fun of him OD for that. What was surprising about that? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I, I completely did it wrong, but I want to talk about them anyway because we mentioned that the Jets are going to give up um, the Jets are going to give up points to running backs, period. And Alvin Kamara, 27 uh, carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. Also added four for 25 in the air. And the But the Jets always give up multiple 10-point-plus games to running backs. And they did that again this week. But what? But Tim, Tony Jones, didn't have any fantasy points. What are you talking about? It was Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill was 15 for 21 for 175 through the air, but the running back Taysom Hill, who, not for nothing, Cass always makes fun of Sean Payton. He's like, oh, it's a design run-off tackle to the right for Taysom Hill. And he's still doing the exact same thing. Like, he walked into the end zone last last week on just a design run to the right. That didn't make any sense. And then he broke one out at the end of the game. 26 fantasy points. And again, Taysom Hill is not the type of quarterback that he's not even Jalen Hurts. Because Jalen Hurts is a pass-first quarterback. And Lamar Jackson is a pass-first quarterback. Taysom Hill is a run-first quarterback. Taysom Hill is a runner before he's a thrower. And so he's a different type of breed that we've ever seen, and he's a fantasy gold. And continue starting Taysom Hill, he's fantasy gold. Um, for sure. Yeah, so I totally fucked that up. Michael, what's a surprise surprise for you? Uh, surprise surprise number one for me is uh, someone I lightly touched on um, earlier in the episode. Rashad Bateman, eight targets, seven receptions, 103 yards, all in the second half with uh, Tyler Huntley at the helm. They get Green Bay next week, and... Look, I'm not buying it. I'm not chasing Rashad Bateman going forward. It's Tyler Huntley likely remaining at QB um, with Hollywood, Andrews, and company still there. Like, I'm sorry, but these blurbs from NBC Sports Edge on on Yahoo just really piss me off these days. Like, some of the things they say, they, they're calling him a high-end wide receiver three in week 15 against Green Bay. Like, if, you, if you're ranking Rashad Bateman as wide receiver 30, you suck at fantasy football. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I'm not Especially chasing with it. Huntley at the yeah, jeez Louise, it just <sighs> yeah, um, but yeah, shout out Bateman who just randomly had a huge game after uh after seeing his playing time dwindle and putting up a donut the previous week. I did this one correctly, and it's another shout out to Jason, but this one is a uh me poking fun at Jason a little bit. Jason was all aboard the MVS train this week. He was like, oh, it all adds up to be a big MVS week. And all the reasons he gave was a reason why Alan Lazard had a big game. Six catches for 75 for a touchdown. The reason why I don't like to play MVS or Alan Lazard ever is because of this. Because you don't know who's who it's going to be. Uh, when they're both in the field, sometimes one has a good game and the other one doesn't. Sometimes they both don't have games. The, the, the only uh, thumbs up part for... Um Best best ball. <laughs> you don't have to make decisions like that. Right. I have Alan Lazard a lot in best ball, so this this game was pretty nice for me. Yeah, I mean, talking about best ball real quick. Toot my own horn since we since we're tooting horns a little bit today. 
I have 11 of 32 underdog teams in the $5 tournament moving on, which means they're top two in their 12-man division, which is more than double the average. 11 of 32 in the top two. Let's go. Let's go. Michael's a very good basketball player. Michael knows how to I uh, I, I kind of sucked three years ago. Two years ago, I got better. This year, I've just been absolutely crushing it. I've been, uh, as I've been learning more about the intricacies of best ball. Yeah, because you, you have guys like Alan Lazar on your team. Yeah. Um, let's go over to, is that it? Do you have a second surprise? I have a second surprise. Oh, surprise. sorry about that. Go ahead. Um, I don't even like, I don't even want to say this guy's name. He's just been so uh, frustrating this season. But uh, Robbie Anderson, mm. randomly going 12 targets, 7 receptions, 84 yards, and a touchdown against Atlanta this week. Absolutely not chasing it. But uh, Robbie Anderson, whether it was Cam Newton, P.J. Walker, Cam Newton, or P.J. Walker, ended up having the best game of any uh, Carolina Panthers receiver. Um, and that was just a complete shock to me. Um, definitely not chasing it. But, yeah, shout out Robbie Anderson, I guess, for that one one game. Michael, I am so ready to say this. I've been waiting four years to say this, and I'm not going to let anyone take my shine. I don't I'm know not what's gonna coming let next. Any, I'm not going to let anyone tear me down because I've been waiting for this moment. Rashad Penny. Yes, Rashad Penny. 16 carries. For 137 just, yards, and bro. You just two started. Touchdowns. You just kicked off. Stock up. You're oh all. You're God. a huge I'm mess so, today. I'm a huge mess. <laughs> I, just, I just. I forgot to play the. That's the, why I was like, job. "What are you about to say?" We haven't even moved on to the next segment. I was yet. just so you're excited just so about excited. Rashad Penny, but I'm gonna play this. The drop. Yo, Timmy, we'll, so excited. We'll get to Rashad. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John. The stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Speaking of grand slam home runs, Rashad Penny. The twins have been telling me to give up on Rashad Penny for decades. It seems. Really just a few years. And I can't do it. I can't do it. I have him on almost all my my, my, uh, startups in Dynasty. And I'm very happy because he finally got on the field. He was finally healthy, and he finally flashed what made him a first-round pick four years ago. 16 for 137 and two touchdowns. And the best part about it is if you picked him up and you got a big game, this is the type of guy that is going to be eligible, I feel like, for our Robert Ory Award in the last um, in, in our in our recap. The Robert Ory Award always goes to the person who comes in and wins the game for you in the playoffs in the last three weeks. And the way that the the playoffs are shaping up, he has the Rams, Chicago, and then in week 17, he gets Detroit. Detroit, who just let four rushing touchdowns go by them against the Broncos in championship week. That's league winning shit right there. The Rams and, and and Chicago also are not intimidating matchups. Russell Wilson is going to continue handing the ball off if he's having these struggles. If Tyler Lockett can continue to succeed and take the top off the ball, it will open up some lanes for Rashad Penny. I am super excited about Rashad Penny in the next four weeks. Rashad, Rashad, Rashad. And his brother, Elijah, Elijah Penny, also scored a touchdown last week. Yeah. Shout out to Elijah Penny on the New York Giants. Um, yes. Good. It was a good day for the Penny family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Rashad Penny is clearly the dude. Like I was saying, underdog. Oh, hold on. Um, hold on. I just want to. I just want to hear Michael. I just want to hear Michael say it. Just keep saying. It. Rashad Penny had a very nice game. It looks like he's a clear lead back in Seattle. And and that will he, likely be an RB two going forward. But he, don't get your hopes super high because they like played the talented? Houston Texans. Does he look like he's talented? Yeah, he had a pretty good game against Houston. Let's see how it goes rest of the season. But um, I've been waiting for that. Let me add that, bro, I absolutely, I had probably my best week on underdog prop bets this week because, dude, they had Alex Collins rushing at 47 and a half. I was like, bro, Rashad Penny's going to lead this backfield. They're telling me Alex Collins, who hasn't reached that mark yet all season, is about to rush for 48 yards. I had him in so many parlays. Nice. He ended with like eight rushing yards or some shit. Did you, did you win them? That guy's trash. Yeah, I ended up having a good week. Bro. I put up. I ended up putting up 164 points in that league you were talking about. I'm gonna end up five and nine. I'm, I'm sick. I had the most points against. <laughs> Ugh, I'm sick. Um, 
do I have do I have a second guy? That's the question. I'm just so I excited. I haven't even given my first I, guy yet, Tim. You're uh, a fucking I mess. Am, I am a mess. Go ahead, Michael. It's, I, it's, I just want to. It's a lot later than usual. We're going at 11 o'clock Eastern time <clears throat> on the East Coast. And uh, to be honest, ever since I had my kid, I had my kid. Ever since my wife had a kid, uh, and I and I am also parenting that kid. I end up I end up going to sleep at like eight thirty now. I I've I've never done that in my life. I've been a night owl my whole life. I'm I'm affected right now. I can feel my brain is not at one hundred percent. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, my first stock up. This one should be quick. It's just that this dude's an absolute stud and could be the wide receiver one rest of season. That's Justin Jefferson, who even though he just went seven for seventy nine and a touchdown. Let people down this week because yeah. he could have had like 150 yards and like four touchdowns. Way more. Um, but he is just going to be an absolute stud the rest of the season. There is no doubt about it, especially if Adam Thielen is out for a long time, which is definitely a possibility because it looks like he has a high ankle sprain. He's a clear alpha in that offense, and um, the dude is just an absolute monster. He's on the next level. Justin Jefferson is one of Broto's biggest hits this year, I'd say. And you say you think. A second-round pick being a big hit is silly. I'd agree with you, except that this guy, consensus, was behind Calvin Ridley, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. We had him ranked higher than all those guys. He was my wide receiver three overall. Yeah, like Jason, like our the FFPC Football Guys Player Championship team, Jason had the ninth pick. He took Aaron Jones to start. And then Justin Jefferson over Calvin Ridley, D.K. Metcalf, um, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and a lot of people thought that was a reach. But we were like, no, this dude's an absolute stud and should be taken this high. So we preached Justin Jefferson a lot. He's Of the 32 um, underdog teams, he's one of my highest rostered players, which is crazy because you're like, how's a second-round pick player a high one of the highest rostered players because the second-round picks usually aren't one of your higher rostered players? It's because... You were basically able to get him at any point in the second round, and I didn't mind drafting him 15th overall or 22nd overall. So yeah, Justin Jefferson has been great for me there too. Uh, let's keep it. Uh, let's keep it with one of the reasons why we loved Justin Jefferson is because the true throw value prince, Kirk Cousins, who, while the rest of these fantasy analysts were telling you to pass on Kirk Cousins, Jason was telling you, "Yo," and, and the rest of us go get Kirk Cousins to be your quarterback if you if you don't draft a quarterback. And he's been paying off, and my my second uh, stock rising is his second option with Adam Thielen out, and that's K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne, he only had three receptions for 83 yards, but he caught a touchdown. One of the receptions was a huge reception, and he looked comfortable. He, looked, he was getting open. He looked like a, a good player out there. So this is a high-volume offense. One thing that they flash on the screen that it might take you aback at first but then you think about it, the Vikings lead the league in explosive plays this year. And if you think about it, they have these explosive players and a quarterback that can get them the ball at explosive times. So I'm going to keep riding K.J. Osborne if I have him uh, as a wide receiver three, and I'm going to feel pretty comfortable about it. So his stock is up. I'm with you there. Go Minnesota. Another another guy that I have in my Scott Fish team. Vikings, baby. Uh, my second stock rising. Brandon Ayuk seems to be a oh, yeah. very solid wide receiver 2-3 at this point, even with Debo Samuel returning. Debo Samuel has had a very low target share these last several weeks. He's been more of a running back. It's been just, man, the it's crazy. Like, Debo Samuel, out of the backfield, he's, he looks like he's one of the best running backs in the league when you watch him run. Like, it's absurd how talented this guy is. But it has allowed for more work um, for Brandon I- Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. And Brandon Ayuk has become uh, more consistent over these last several weeks. He's on the field nearly every snap at this point. And San Francisco has one of the, if not the kindest schedule rest of season um, for pass catchers. So wheels up on Debo, um, Ayuk, and Kittle. But Ayuk, especially after that really down start to the season, some people cut ties with him completely and dropped him. He certainly played himself back into a, a weekly starter, weekly starter status. My last stock up is someone that Michael's not going to want to hear, but it's just the truth, and you can't suppress the truth. And the truth is, you can't handle the truth. Brandon Cooks is a better player with Davis Mills on the field. Now, why is that the hmm. case? It's because as of right now, I don't think anyone could objectively look at Tyrod Taylor. And say he's a better thrower of the football than Davis Mills is. 
Now, Tyrod Taylor makes better decisions. He's a better overall player. He's a better overall quarterback. But in terms of throwing the ball, Davis Mills is the better player. And when it comes to Brandon Cooks, you want a guy who's going to be able to throw downfield and get him the ball because Tyrod Taylor has never taken deep shots in his entire career. He's like, what, like a 13, 14-year veteran? You're not going to teach a new, an old dog new tricks at this point. So with Davis Mills in the game, they're going to throw the ball. The Texans want to see what they have. And Brandon Cooks is going to be the recipient. And I just traded a first-round pick in Dynasty. Now, to, I have the... I have the number one overall seed. I have the buy in that dynasty league. It's a 16-man dynasty league. So when I say I, I, I traded the number one overall pick, I'm telling you, I mean a, a first-round pick, I'm really telling you I'm trading the 14th to 16th overall pick, depending on where I, how I do in the playoffs. So keep that in mind. But I'm also acquiring Brandon Cooks right now in dynasty in general because I don't think he's going to be in, in Houston next year. I think there's no chance of it. So Brandon Cooks, we already know that he's able to go to new places and have success. And there's a lot of people who could use Brandon Cooks on their team right now. Uh, former Saint, he could the Saints could really use a Brandon Cooks type player. So I feel like Brandon Cooks is going to have dynasty value somewhere besides the Texans. That's why his stock is up. But also because with Davis Mills under center, I think that he's a much more viable fantasy player. You know how I feel about Brandon Cooks. Shout out to Cass, who's uh, the Brandon Cook truther of them of them all. <laughs> uh, my final stock rising. Tim coined him Amari Nooper several moons ago. Amari Cooper. Um, Amari Cooper has not played often these past several weeks. One because of um, an injury. Two because of COVID. But that allowed him to fully get healthy from his injury, and that was evident um, this week from the jump um he had a great game against the washington football team he was spectacular to uh to start the game um he was a huge part of that passing offense before they stopped passing when they took a big lead seven targets five receptions 51 yards and a touchdown dalton schultz has basically been phased out of that offense and amari cooper looks like he's going to be the clear number like the one b it does look like cd lamb is a 1a at this point but it looks like amari cooper is just going to continue being that uh that huge second target for um <clears throat> for for Dak Prescott. So I think and they have a nice schedule going forward the rest of the season as well. So I really think that uh we have possibly one of those surprise boom type of guys in Amari Cooper going to the playoffs that could really help fantasy teams. All right, Mike. You know what like we like to do. Let's end this one on a sour note. Stock down. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Michael's weird ass was dancing to that beat. The fuck was that? Why not? Yo, did you see Dexter's new episode? Yeah. Yo. Dexter getting good. It's getting good. Dexter getting good. It's getting good. <laughs> It's getting good. It's getting good. Oh, yeah. How's it going to get out of this one? Who knows? Time will tell, brother. <laughs> uh, Michael, who's your first stock down? Uh, my first stock down, sour note time. Darnell Mooney, once again reverting to his old Mooney line ways. Um, not ideal for anyone rostering and starting Darnell Mooney. Five targets, one catch, 19 yards. Back-to-back absolute dud performances after several strong performances in a row. And that is the issue with Chicago, folks. Not not a team you could trust. Simple as that when it comes to the pass catchers. Um, and Darnell Mooney is like a case study for that. Like People started ranking him as like a wide receiver too. And I was like, this is absolutely nuts. What are you doing? And back-to-back absolute dud performances. This is why you don't get super, super hyped about players on bad offenses because this could happen at any time. I, I'll tell you what, man. I don't understand everyone's excitement over Justin Fields yesterday. I mean, to me, what happened is he a couple of dump-offs got taken to the house by very fast players. And besides that, the guy played very mediocre. So I don't understand the hype. And, I, and I'm, I'm all about Justin Fields. You know that. I was Justin Fields' biggest supporter. 
in the offseason. That's one of my worst worst calls of the offseason is that Justin Fields would be a sleeper this year. I mean, I told you you were an idiot. I Why you got to call me an idiot for? It's not nice. Because I'm not calling you an idiot now. I told you back then you were an idiot. I just happened to be right about it. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, are you scared that TJ Hawkinson's is best Um Hey, don't turn this around on me. <laughs> I, I might just do that. Michael, why are you talking about TJ Hawkinson so so? I mean, you're just, you're just reminding me of another win. Uh, yeah, that means true. <laughs> um, anyway, my first stock down is Antonio Gibson, a guy that has been in my stock down list for a while now. It looked like he was on the mend, and then this happened. 10 carries for 36 yards and a benching after he fumbled. Um, weird. Very weird that happened. Uh, I still don't understand coaches who bench players who fumble. I don't get it. You don't bench your quarterback when he throws a pick. Uh, you don't bench your DB when he drops an interception. Like I, I, No other turnover is quite punished like a running back fumble, which doesn't make much sense to me. But I think it's more than just a fumble. I think this is a clear game script issue. In the four games that Antonio Gibson has been good the last four weeks, it's been in four Washington wins where they took the lead early. They fell behind early. Tyler Haneke, Haneke got injured. Kyle Allen had to come in, and it was mayhem. Now, Washington almost completed a comeback, but it didn't matter because Antonio Gibson wasn't on the field during this time. Actually, Jonathan Williams is the one who got the rushing touchdown. Jonathan <laughs> Williams, former Colt. Um, so, Stock down for Antonio Gibson because if the Washington football team, who's a mediocre football team, is not winning the game, they're really, I don't see any type of opening for Antonio Gibson that fantasy points. And he is someone who is really riding high this season, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you there. That was certainly a big letdown game. Uh, my second stock falling is what an absolute fall. Like, at this point, if you haven't dropped this guy yet, um, Permission granted. Can I, can, like, I, can I guess who you're going to say? Sure. And I have no idea. Is it Cortland Sutton? It's Cortland Sutton. Against the Detroit Lions. Some people still ranked him inside their top 36 receivers, Stupid. just holding on hope. Like, it's against Detroit. Now's the time where he breaks free. Those are the, that's the issue with, like, a lot of fantasy analysts just holding out hope on players. Um, two targets, one catch, and nine yards. Bro, What? Goodness gracious. Guess when the last time Cortland Sutton topped four fantasy points was, Tim? We're heading into week 15. The last time Jerry Judy was hurt. Just say a week. Week nine? Week eight was the last time Cortland Sutton scored more than five fantasy points. That should be illegal. Teddy Bridgewater should be <laughs> like... Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater needs to like... I was going to say get arrested, but that's way too far. He needs to like... Be th- like they need to create football jail for players who just they're not helpful to the league. He'd be the first entrant in the football jail. <laughs> Speaking of football jail, this is like football purgatory. My second stock down is Kareem Hunt. The first two reports for Kareem Hunt, if you Google them, are running back Kareem Hunt, cornerback Troy Hill, unlikely to play versus Raiders next week. And the second one was report. Kareem Hunt could have returned with ankle injury if needed. These are two conflicting reports, and that is why Kareem Hunt's stock is down. This guy cannot stay healthy. He cannot stay in a situation that is steady at all. You're always playing roulette when you talk about Kareem Hunt because not only are you getting a guy who's oft injured, you're getting a guy who doesn't necessarily have big games. He does, uh, excuse me, he has big games, but doesn't necessarily have high floor games. Because Nick Chubb, who stock is down in its own right ever since OBJ got traded, it's just you never know what you're getting when you're getting Kareem Hunt. And that's why his stock is down, because I don't see a scenario where you can honestly trust Kareem Hunt this year. and So that makes me very nervous. Yeah, and it looks like he was probably going to be out as well next week. What did you call him? The Terry McLaurin of running backs? I mean, yeah, it's basically what he is. I call him the Terry McLaurin of running backs? I think last week you did. Maybe. I don't recall, honestly. Yo, Matty Prade setting up for a a 
uh, onside kick with 37 seconds left. A lot of onside kicks recovered this week. Let's see if he does it. Oh, he's gonna get it himself. He's gonna get it himself. I think the Cardinals might have it. Dun, 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 dun. There's been OD recovered onside kicks this week. Yeah, <coughs> the Cardinals might have it. They're they're fighting in the bottom of the pile. If the Cardinals have it, that would be everyone. Fire, everyone could use some more DeAndre Hopkins receiving yards. Everyone listening already knows. Holy moly, they did get it. They got it. Another f- onside kick recovery. That's insane. Yeah, they oh, got snap. it. Insane. All right. Um, let's continue with the stock down. Michael, who's your second stock down? Uh, my second stock down. I actually said two already, so my final stock down, Dalton Schultz. Ooh. Yeah, it looks like with the entire squad healthy, Dalton Schultz is not going to be a part of that offense. Um, simple as that. It's pretty, pretty gross for Dalton Schultz to be... Uh, in your starting lineup at this point from the way he's been performing of late and just really hit a wall this past week. Three targets, one reception, four yards. He now has one single-digit, excuse me, one double-digit performance since the bye week in week seven Um, when people were riding high with Dalton Schultz earlier in the season with injuries and such that were leading to more playing time for him. That really seems like it's in the past at this point, and it's just not ideal, Um, and they're going to... Like at this point, I don't see how you could trust Dalton Schultz moving forward if you're a if you're a fantasy manager, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, he's he's the odd man out. It's pretty clear. Speaking of odd man out, my last stock down is James Robinson. What a fall from grace that this guy has had. Six carries for four yards. He played just over 60% of the snaps. Absurd. I know you're chasing, but even the final score of the game is only 20 to nothing. Urban Meyer and company completely abandoned the run game. They only had seven carries from a non-quarterback player. Eight carries overall, only one carry for Trevor Lawrence. But seven carries... They asked Trevor Lawrence, who has honestly not flashed any greatness this year. You've seen greatness out of Justin Fields. You've seen some greatness out of Mac Jones. You've seen some greatness out of Zach Wilson. You've seen some greatness even out of Trey Lance in the preseason, at least. Like, not really in the regular season. But he had he did have a, a, a nice, a really nice play in the regular season. You didn't see, you haven't seen Jack shit from Trevor Lawrence. And he kind of looks like Andrew Luck, but in the bad ways. And I don't want to. I don't want to put the the nail in the coffin of Trevor Lawrence. He's dealing with an, an extraordinary circumstances. Well, this would be one of the bigger busts, though, because he was one of those can't miss prospects, right? Like everyone had him written in one hundred and one, Trevor Lawrence, and to see him struggling this much is is something. It makes you think about like Eli Manning. Like if I'm a number one overall pick, and I'm gonna get picked by. Detroit or Jacksonville or even I'd hate to to pour salt on my hometown team but the Jets the Texans teams that have shown to be highly dysfunctional um in in their entire history just super highly dysfunctional it's I would not want to go I would refuse I would hold out You'd be that guy, huh? I would do it. Yeah, because I'm not. I, I mean, don't look, want my Eli career Manning to end did up it, like this. Bullshit. And nobody cares about it anymore. <laughs> no, no one cares. And Philip oh. Rivers ended up working out there. But the thing is, like, I mean, that was a little crazy because Drew, they had Drew Brees. They, oh no, James Connors on the field to end the game. What are you talking about? James Connors laying on the field. He looks like he's hurt. Or is he just upset? Like Zach Ertz is upset. I don't know. Anywho, we'll find out and we'll have the updates. That's a show, folks. If you want the waiver wire episode tomorrow, please. Well, tonight, if you're listening after 12, uh, please sign up. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy to get that. Michael and Jason will give you all of everything you need on the waiver wire going into the playoffs, Uh, especially after last week's waiver wire. That was not that good. Uh, Rashad Penny, the headliner of of this waiver pod, will probably uh, kick off some some pretty good options. Um, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy download the Fantasy Football by Broto app and that's all 
Yeah. At Santiago, at Brodo FF Casanova, at Brodo FF Jason. Mike, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim, branding. Uh, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The clock is ticking and talking. So we must go. Peace. Later.